It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The pluses and minuses of veteran depth on the Detroit Lions 53-man roster going into the season. Welcome to Daily DLP. I'm your host, Ash. See you after the jump. Lions fans, it's time for the podcast you've been waiting for. The show where Kool-Aid runs blue, faces turn red, and rose-colored glasses never go out of style. This is the Detroit Lions podcast. So the Lions depth is significantly better than it has been in the past, particularly in the area of veterans who can actually play football. So I'm going to go through this player by player and just kind of go over what they add to the team that has not been on the Lions previous to now. Let's start with Graham Glasgow. What does he provide? Well, he provides an example of how to prepare as though you're starting for someone like Colby Sorsdahl. That veteran mentorship is a massive part of why Graham's here. The Lions are a draft and develop team, and Glasgow is an example of what they'd like their players to develop into. By all reports, he's also a pretty good hang. These guys have to spend an incredible amount of time together during the season, and both Frank Ragnow and Taylor Decker have expressed that it is really awesome to have Graham Glasgow back on the Detroit Lions roster. Um, from a little bit more kind of direct, pragmatic perspective. When someone gets injured on the interior offensive line, he's a player who can immediately step in and play at very close to the same level as that other player. Like it is not too many years ago that Glasgow signed a double digit million per season contract as a free agent in the NFL. This is a guy who can actually play football at a pretty high level. The Lions had a huge problem last year with starting players that had no business starting in the NFL. They did it for almost every game. Their starting offensive line have never actually played together in the two years that all of these people have been on the team. Now with Glasgow, uh, if one interior player is down, that's not a huge problem for the Lions. They can still basically do most of what they were going to do anyway. Like, there are not 96 guards and centers in the NFL better than him. If he didn't really want to come back to Detroit after a miserable experience in Denver, he'd be somewhere else. And how does that affect someone like Jonah Jackson's decision-making in the future. Like Glasgow went elsewhere for cash. And in his defense, that was during a different regime and 
that was probably a much easier decision to make, but it comes down to the grass was not greener elsewhere, even fleeing the tire fire that was the Quintricia era. But that buffer between the starting five and starting someone who shouldn't be out there wasn't present last season. And that's that's the main thing that Glasgow brings to the table is there's just one injury isn't going to torpedo what this offense can do or even really slow it down all that much. What does Tracy Walker bring? He was the leader of the secondary at the beginning of last season, and it looks at this point like he's not even going to be starting against Kansas City, despite the fact that he is playing every bit as well now as he did then. That, of course, depends on how comfortable the Lions are deploying Brian Branch as their nickelback and C.J. Gardner-Johnson as one of the two safeties. Walker very well may be the odd man out at the back end of that defense. The defense in practice looked really good with C.J. Gardner-Johnson back there, I do have to admit. And that's a great thing for the Lions, because Walker gives that same kind of injury insurance as Glasgow. Uh, They were forced to march Chase Lucas onto the field, playing a position he'd never played last year. That's significantly less likely to happen this season. Uh, If he does start, he brings what we've come to expect, and that is a pretty high level of play. Like, Tracy Walker should be a starter in the NFL. He is that good. And he might not be a starter for the Lions. He's a hard-hitting safety who plays positionally sound football. He just does not really produce turnovers. Options are a good thing. With NFL offenses doing all kinds of different things, having someone who can bring a different skill set to the secondary is always a good thing. Uh, Right up to the catch point... Tracy's one heck of a good safety. There are a few guys in the league who bring the same level of impact that Tracy Walker brings from a literal sense. Like when he hits people, they know they've been hit. And that physical presence, depending on the style of offense, just opens up a lot of options for the Detroit Lions defense. How about Marvin Jones? Would you rather have Marvin Jones or Tom Kennedy on the field? Yeah, that's uh, not a hard choice for you, for me, for the Detroit Lions. The Lions receiver group is St. Brown and just a bunch of guys, but Marvin Jones, even at this age, is the... Basically, he's one more game-ready receiving option. Uh, He might not be the same player he was last time he was in a Lions uniform. Like, I don't expect Marvin Jones to come out and get close to 1,000 yards or 75 catches. That doesn't seem like what we should expect from him because nobody wins the race against Father Time. He also brings veteran mentor leadership to the locker room with younger guys like Green and, yes, also J-Mo. But it's really that insulation piece between Jared Goff and receivers who don't belong on the field that is the vital thing here. Uh, The with or without St. Brown stats from Jared Goff are night and day. But Jared Goff was at least serviceable even when he had Quintez Cephas as his number one receiver. You just have to give him something he can work with. Like last year when his only receiving option was... Khalif Raymond, like all due respect to Khalif Raymond, he's a good player. I enjoy watching him play football. He should not be your number one wide receiver in a given week. Marvin Jones is one more buffer between starting Tom Kennedy and Khalif Raymond in a game that you need to win against a future playoff rival 
like say Dallas or New England last year where they the, the receiver core was just decimated by injury and not very good. Romeo Okuara. How many teams in the NFL have an edge six that has a 10-sack season under their belt within the last three years? If you want to say he's not edge six, that's fine. Uh, let's say how many teams have an edge four with a 10-sack season in their entire career. That's what Romeo Okwara brings to the Lions. The Lions have spectacular edge depth, and Aaron Glenn needs pressure from the edges to see defensive success. It's no coincidence that the Lions' defense was terrible in the first half of last year when they absolutely could not get any pass rush off the edge without ridiculous things like stunts and blitzing. Well, stunts and blitzing aren't ridiculous. They're part and parcel of playing defense in the NFL, but if you can't get pressure without them, you have to do them all the time, and that's how you end up in cover zero because it's either a cover zero doing something stupid up front or you have the coverage and you don't get any pressure and then your coverage doesn't matter. That's where the Lions were at the beginning of last season. They are not in that place anymore. It's no coincidence. When Josh Pascal came back and the fireball James Houston started getting playing time, the Lions defense got a lot better. And having somebody like Romeo Okwara on the team is just one more case of a player that the Lions can use for that purpose. Charles Harris was having a bit of a slow start last year before he went down and Romeo was coming off Achilles surgery. With both back this year, the Lions can just keep rolling fresh pass rushers out there basically every series to wear down offensive tackles. He also brings something different than, say, James Houston. It's, it's a level of power that someone like Houston just doesn't have. You can't run around every NFL offensive tackle. That just isn't always going to work. And Romeo brings basically another tool in the bag to Aaron Glenn's defense. Like Hutch has that, the commish has that, Pascal has that, that's fine. One more guy who has that is never going to be a problem. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. How about Jalen Reeves Mabin? What does he bring to the table? Special teams play. That's it. Fip mode squad. He's a different kind of linebacker from the rest of what the Lions are trotting out there. Uh, they don't really have a finesse linebacker position dedicated in their defense. That's not something that they really use. Uh, their focus is stopping the run with as few linebackers and defensive linemen on the field as possible, which allows them to play more defensive backs. Now, that's not something that Germ helps out with. And I don't think he brings the same kind of high basement to the position group as, say, Marvin Jones or Graham Glasgow do. But he can play in a pinch, and he is an 
absolute demon on special teams. And when you're playing that field position game, which the Lions do a, a fair bit, make decisions based on basically flipping the field. Guys like Jalen Reeves-Maben are an important part of that process, which brings us to another veteran guy, Will Harris. Now, he was on the Lions last year. You really don't want him starting in the secondary, and if you can avoid having him play in the secondary, you're probably better off, but there are backups in this league that are much, much, much worse than Will Harris, despite the fact that he is the current punching bag of the Detroit Lions fan base. He can line up anywhere and give you something that's not great, but is also not going to cost you the game. He makes the tackle after guys get a reception on him, but he does tend to give up that reception. Like, for example, would you rather have Will Harris or Amani Oruwarie on your team? And if you're going to say Amani O, I don't know what you were looking at last year. He just got cut, and there's a good reason for that. And I would be absolutely shocked if the Lions even called his agent with a league minimum or practice squad role, even though that's a guy who knows their defense. Will Harris does a lot of things not great, but okay. That's what he brings to the table. So what does Jason Cabinda bring to the table? Because that's another guy that Lions fans just really seem to be hating on right now. Because he's not a good offensive player. I mean, he was a linebacker in college, so I don't know why he would be a good offensive player. All he brings is lead blocks and special teams play. That's all he's there for. That is what that roster spot does, is play every single special teams and occasionally come in to do some blocking. He's fine for that. He's also got the crazy eyes. That's important. You gotta have one guy on any roster who has the crazy eyes. How about Teddy Bridgewater? He's a guy I think brings a lot to the table. The Lions knew the last two years that they were sunk the moment anyone other than Jared Goff was under center. Like it was just over, they were done. And honestly, Teddy didn't have a great year in Miami last season, but he is a heck of a step up from Nate Sudfeld, Tim Boyle, or David Blau. Like if something happened to Goff in the third quarter of a game, Teddy could steer the ship. Now, sometimes he might hit the rocks, but sometimes he's going to get you to port. The Lions offense makes it easy on a quarterback who is accurate and, and intelligent. Teddy Bridgewater is typically both of those things, and it showed in the first preseason game. Lost in that long touchdown to Green, everybody lost their minds about the great play that Green made. All he did was run a half-decent pattern the great play there was the throw by Teddy Bridgewater just threading the needle perfectly between two levels of defenders. Like, there was all kinds of traffic around that receiver. The ball got into the receiver's hands. The receiver caught the ball and ran in a straight line into the end zone. That was Teddy's play, as much as it was Green's. He doesn't have a powerful arm, but he's got an accurate one. And most importantly, he can step into the game plan that Ben Johnson has tailored for Jared Goff and make similar plays with a fairly high level of regularity. And the nice thing about that too is that that's going to get backup receivers accustomed to the kind of balls they're going to get from Goff. Like Goff doesn't have the world's 
greatest arm either. It's an above average NFL arm, despite what a lot of people say in terms of slandering Jared Goff. It's one of the common ones that just doesn't hold up. He doesn't have a you know top of the league level arm, but it is an above average NFL starting quarterback arm. And I'd say Teddy Bridgewater is a little bit below that, but it's close enough that it's going to kind of feel the same when it gets there, which could shorten the amount of time that it takes for somebody brought in or say Jamison Williams when he comes back to get reasonably well synced up with Goff. And if he does nothing else, that's worth what you're paying Teddy Bridgewater. So in general, the Lions brought in more veteran players this year, good veteran players, whether they're backups or starters, and they've pushed a lot of players into roles that they probably fit better than a short time ago when they were leaders of the offense and defense. That's definitely a good thing. The veteran presence on this Lions team is the difference, the massive major difference between other teams in this team from the Detroit Lions. Have a great day. Let's bring it in here together. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go, baby. Lions on three. One, two, three. Lions. You've had enough of that shit.